Hello and welcome to another episode of At Your Convenience. We have a special episode this week with a conversation between Abby Lewis, Vice President of Content Strategy here at Winsight, and Steve Holtz, Editor-in-Chief of CSP Magazine, as they discuss trends in the snack and candy category. Enjoy. Well, I'm just going to jump right in. And I'm going to jump right in by getting the pandemic question out of the way. Um, how have the snack and candy categories fared this year? Um, I imagine it's kind of a mixed bag. Can you talk a little bit about that? I can. Uh, it was a rough year in these segments, no doubt. Um, without getting into too much uh, numbers and, and figures, IRII scan data tells us that um, we saw double-digit declines uh, in C-stores and potato chips and tortilla chips, nuts, pretzels, crackers, all down double digits, cookies, donuts, pastries, down double digits, um, and perhaps hit worst of all, uh, snack bar sales dropped 22%. And, and we point the finger at the fact that consumers just weren't in need of having a handy snack that they could take on the train or uh, eat during their commute because they weren't commuting. They were sitting uh, at their desk at home. Um, so they just didn't need it. Um, but if you're looking for a bright spot in snacking, it was meat snacks. Um, while unit sales were generally flat, dollar sales actually saw a nice 5% boost. Um, and that came on the backs of some of the big brand names that we all know, like Slim Jim, uh, Jack Links, and, and Old Trapper. Then in candy, uh, it was a similar story, um, though perhaps not as tragic. Um, chocolate unit sales were down almost 5%, but dollar sales grew 2%. Non-chocolate did a little better uh, on the back of chewy candies, um, which grew 6.8% in dollars. Uh, but the real pain here was in gum and mints, uh, where we saw 20 to 30% declines in sales. Uh, apparently, people working from home and wearing masks all the time aren't too concerned about what their breath smells like. Go figure. Um, but I suppose the optimism there is that uh, uh, we're hoping that once people start heading back to the office and seeing people in person again, that trend will snap back pretty quick. Absolutely. Um, well, I, I might have kind of promised we weren't going to talk about the pandemic anymore, but I do have one more quick question. And you alluded to this a little bit. Um, how did customer behavior change as a result of the pandemic, you think? Beyond, I mean, you mentioned gum and the fresh breath and not being an issue, which is crazy, but how did consumers treat themselves this year? Um, I know in the past we've talked about meal replacement and protein and better for you and all of that, but that kind of went out the window. So what yeah. was what were customers doing this year? Yeah, in a lot of cases, that's true. Um, from what I'm hearing, it, it seems that we had three trends that jumped out, at least to me. Um, and interestingly, they sometimes contradicted one another. Surprise. Um, first, uh, as unemployment skyrocketed, consumers were looking for bargains. Um, so here we saw some uh, store brands perform well. Um, so private label uh, did a little better than we've seen in past years. But on the other side of that coin, premiumization became important, um, where customers were saying, I'm going to treat myself. And if I'm going to treat myself, I'm going to go all out. I'm going to spend the cash on, on uh, premium brands um, and not, not um, go cheap. So those two things kind of counteracted each other. But we saw a little bit of growth on both ends there, um, hurting the middle, I suppose. 
And the third thing I would say is consumers increasingly reached for favorite brands, familiar brands. Um, so whereas they might have maybe uh, spread their wings a little more um, and looked for something new um, or uh, a new take on an old favorite, instead they reached for those brands that they were comfortable with. Um, and we're talking like uh, Reese's, Snickers, and, and Funyuns, for gosh sakes, had a good year. So <laughs> Love go <fun>. figure. <laughs> yeah. um, so then what do you think, Steve, are the current challenges in this category? How can retailers bounce back from what, you know, by all accounts, what we've just been talking about has been a really crazy year? Um, yeah. What do they do? What are the challenges? No doubt, it's it's a unique challenge as we look at spring resets right now. Um, normally, we'd look at the the past year's data um, and and kind of figure uh, figure in new products and decide what we need to add to our set or or change around in our set um, for the next year. But 2020 was such an outlier of a year that we can't really count on that to guide the way, um, and we also can't count that consumers are going to continue the habits that um, they had back before the pandemic in 2019. So it's one of those uh, probably uncomfortable instances where it, it, it pays to really know your specific consumer and what they like and, and what you expect of them to come into your store to fill their needs. Will it be, uh, the, will it continue to be the familiar products or will it be, uh, will they come back with a vengeance looking for something new? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, to that, and, and you've kind of already touched on this a little bit where you're talking about meat snacks, had a good year, um, the tried and true favorites, Snickers, Reese's, all that. What are some of the brand or product heroes in these categories, do you think? It was a boom year for gummy candies. Ah. Um, yes, uh, brands like Trolley, uh, Lifesavers Life gummies uh, saw double digit, double digit growth um, and, uh, I think part of the reason there is that both kids and adults can enjoy these and do enjoy them. Um, so you buy one container and you share it with the kids, right? Um, on the other hand, Reese's has done a really good job of reinventing the peanut butter cup um, with their fast break, which had a little more of a health bent to it. And more recently with the Reese's snack cake where they're uh, targeting the morning day part. So that, that's a, something new from a candy company. Um, and I think uh, smart, smart marketing. Um, but really one of the heroes here was package size as we've heard in other categories as well. Every retailer that I've spoken to has a, a story about winning by adding or boosting peg bag candy in 2020. Um, consumers wanted to go out less. So when they did go out, they bought bigger sizes um, whether it was candy or a family size bag of chips that would just last a little longer around the house. That makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. um, well, then I guess with that, um, we're at the end here, but since you're the expert, I want to give you an opportunity to maybe say something that I might've missed at asking anything else our retailer viewers might need to know about these two categories. Sure. This is where I really blow you away, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, one of the challenges of the past year uh, was, uh, in many cases, that the new product flow dried up, um, uh, and retailers tell me they're anxious to see that get back to normal. So I think there's a uh, some pent-up desire from both retailers and consumers to see something new um, that might drive the segment uh, to new heights, and and that should make for uh, a pretty
pretty exciting year in the center store and at the checkout this year. Hey, something to look forward to. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, thank you so much. Uh, and thank you all for watching with us today. Uh, and check us out next time for our next quick bite. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.